Let's get sweaty. Hello and welcome back to the Shenmue Dojo Show. We are back after a short break, after the absolute madness that was Shenmue the Animation and 13 solid weeks of nose to the grindstone. Oh, With me, as always, is Mr. Grindstone himself, Matthew Oliver. How are things with you, man? Yeah, good. Um, enjoying the, the rest and recuperation from a hard slog for 13 weeks. Worth every second, don't get me wrong. But man, when we finished that, I was a relieved man. Tired and relieved, but good now. Ready to go again. How's it going for you? Oh, still manic here, to be fair. Uh, I've been pushing through my university work. <laughs> it's about an hour and 20 minutes off the deadline to the, the other day. But it's all in and all done now, so I can breathe a little bit more until, of course, Shemi World Shipping takes over my nights for a few weeks, starting from like the 14th. But yeah, that light at the end of the tunnel we spoke about a while back, for me at least, is starting to appear. I can't wait to have a bit of a free head again. It isn't clouded with all this <laughs> shemmy stuff that's going on. Right, so man, the episode we've got today is something we recorded way back in January, at the start of the year actually. It was primed and ready to release literally, I think, on the day of the anime release announcement. <laughs> I believe, yeah, it was. Or close yeah. to. So we didn't want to release like a completely random topic and for Eve Rend to sort of get overshadowed. So this has been on the back burner for a few months now whilst we watched and recorded the anime episodes, but now it's finally time to share this to the world, <laughs> for better or worse. Yeah, <laughs> you strap yourselves in for this one, guys. It's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster from what I remember. I haven't listened back to it for months, so I'm going to be very intrigued to see what people think of this one. Yeah, I did listen back to it earlier today just to sort of get my mindset of where what we need to do to like bring this back up to date. But I thought it was okay. I think it's going to be an enjoyable episode for everyone. We'll get into what it is about in a moment. But uh, before we get into today's feature discussion, we're going to run through some of the modern day news topics that have happened, which you may have missed if you've switched off since the end of the anime run. So first up, Matt, the Game Jam April 2001 prototype discs. So... If you've not seen this so far, this is a prototype build of Shenmue 2 for the Dreamcast that was shown off, I believe, at Game Jam, which was like a gaming event in April 2001. It was purchased from a Japanese auction site by myself, Laurent of Sega Dreamcast Info Games, and Lemon Haze. And those guys, along with Safarad, Switch, Jerome Ferrom, and Anichi help to make this project become available for everyone to enjoy. So we've kind of been playing it a little bit on stream in recent times, Matt, but what is it about this particular build that's quite special, would you say? Oh, let me, I'll start with the sort of building up, I think, because there's some really good stuff towards the end, some a nice <laughs> Easter egg for want of a better expression. I mean, there's a lot of comparisons obviously made to the final product and you know, signs are, are different, for example, uh, moving through some of the cutscenes, they're shot at different camera angles. Um, I'm thinking specifically, for example, the the Shenmue tree scene with Shen Fa and Rio when they obviously hit Shen Fa's house. That sh- the camera shots there are very very different. Likewise, with the initial sort of demo trailer at the start of the game as well, that shot very differently. Um, there's lots of things that are incomplete. 
Um, I'm thinking the cave, for example. Half of that actually hasn't been modelled in yet. So when you're in there putting the Sword of Seven Stars in, the cave doesn't actually exist. You just sort of stood in this random sky. And I think the mirrors are in the background. That's about as much as you get. And then sort of the the highlight. The only way I'm going to describe this one, there's two actually, two highlights. One is a load of text was found uh, detailing uh, Mao Village and what its purpose was, why Rio was there. I won't go into it here. Um, go and visit the forums. There's a massive topic on all of it, Land DC, and a number of the uh, the team who obviously discovered and worked on this project have, have filled that in. But we, we've got a lot of closure around Mao Village now and why it was there, which is you know, 20 years in the making. Fantastic to see that. And then... So the last one is there was a model of Yuzuki in the game dressed as Ryo Hazuki, uh, which the team then got working. And now you can play Shenmue 2 uh, Game Jam Build as Yuzuki, um, which we did sort of debut on the stream when we, we showed this off earlier in May. And I think everyone, has, it's, it's, it's a popular, popular mod or version of that game. <laughs> yeah it's, definitely it's brilliant it's um there's some good stuff in there things are being found all the time as well i mean go on the forums there's a there's a topic on there with with screenshots comparisons a lot it, it, it's a massive undertaking and credit to everybody involved for getting a getting hold of the thing and it doesn't end up in some random collector's hands who does nothing with it and then once they've got it in the hand is getting it dumped and, and starting things off so it can come out to the public and we can have all this stuff to talk about yeah, it's been really cool actually seeing this early build of the game where, you know, like you say, a lot of it's unfinished or I don't know some of, some of the reasons why they changed some of the cutscenes, to be honest, because some of the angles and camera shots were already really good, but it just shows the attention to detail and, you know, that they're never fully satisfied. <laughs> they kept going back and, you know, tweaking it and tweaking it. So if you want to get involved, you can head, well, I'll put a link in the description, but you can also head over, like Matt says, to the forums where there's a full on topic people detailing some of the, the differences they found between this and the final release on the Dreamcast or whatever. So if you want to go and have a play yourself, maybe you want to play as Yu Suzuki, or if you want to have a go at trying to find some hidden things that you know we might not have discovered yet, different things compared to the final game, you can do so at your own leisure. All you'll need is some sort of a, a Dreamcast emulator to play it on your PC, or you can actually... If you know how to do it, burn the discs and play it on actual hardware, which is really cool as well. But like I say, there's all the details are in that forum topic. Or actually on Lawrence's website as well, which is Sega Dreamcast Info Games Preservation.com. I'll I'll put the link anyway below because it's a bit of a mouthful that one. So next up, Matt, brand new game announced from WiseNet. It's not Chemi 4. What is it? <laughs> Space Harrier 2. No, um, <laughs> it's it's called Air Twister. And if anybody's seen the trailer for it, which um, I'll, I'll chuck in the video so you can see it, um, it is very much Space Harrier. It's a spiritual success of Space Harrier in my mind. You you play this 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 woman who is, looks like saving her planet or something, and she's flying around on a swan, shooting aliens, bins, beans, and God knows what else in between. Um, it, 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 you know, the mechanics are Space Harrier, hands down, but then... It's Yuzuzuki making it, so it doesn't surprise me. And it does tie into some previous interviews that he's talked about wanting to make a shooting game of some description. I think this is probably where it is. It's, I think it's self-published, but it is coming over to um, Apple Arcade. 
So it's an Apple it's Apple Arcade exclusive at this point. It looks like Apple have put some money in towards the development development of this in the exchange for exclusivity. So to access it, you're going to need an Apple device of either an iPhone, iPod Touch, Mac, uh, MacBook, or Apple TV. And it has to have iOS um, 14 or above, I believe. I will um, just double check that. It might even be 13, but one of those, you can Google it and check it anyway. It uses touchscreen if you've got an iPad or, or whatever, or you can hook up a controller to it as well. I'm pleased to see Wisenet doing a new game. I know it's not shown before, so I'm sure there's an air of disappointment, especially when we consider the 110 rumors which are going around. And just to sort of fill that gap, if you like, this is nothing to do with 110 at all. This is WiseNet and Apple as a partnership together doing this. So 110 have, have, don't even have a finger in the pie sort of thing with this. So those rumours that have gone quiet at the moment haven't been dispelled or proven, essentially. They're still there. Um, but I just wanted to clear that up right now. But watching the trailer, I'm I'm looking forward to playing this. I think we're going to stream it if, if we can get ourselves together. But it looks good. I'm, I'm up for this game. I'm well up for playing this. Yeah, definitely, man. I reckon touching on the 110 Industries thing there, that could be a reason why we've not heard anything because they don't want yeah. to overshadow this particular project, which is releasing on June the 24th. I'm not sure if you said that, Matt, but yeah, so it's very soon, within the next few weeks at least. Well, yeah, it is literally June the 24th. You can play it with the controller as well. I'm not sure if you said that either. I'm just going through some of the, my notes here. So there's there's also 19 original full-length tracks from Dutch composer Valencia, who Yusuzuki's actually a long-time fan of. And I was actually looking on his website, and I didn't realise he'd been going for so long as well. He's He actually he met Michael Jackson back in the day. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and he was quite a, a fairly big name then, this Valencia guy. So Yusuzuki must have been following him for, for a long time now, by the sounds of things. And yeah, again, it's it just says like it was, or it looks like, I don't know if it actually said this in the description or whatever, but it looks like it's taken inspiration from games such as Rares and Panzer Dragoon as well. So if you're into these sort of games, Space Area Rares, Panzer Dragoon, I think this is going to be a game for you. Yeah, so, so So definitely get this on your, on your list there. You can actually, if you've got an... an iPhone or a, an Apple device, you can actually search on the App Store now in the, the arcade thing, type Air Twister in, and it's already there. The page is set up, so you can watch the trailer, view the screenshots, read the information on it. And you can, I think the Get button basically just adds notifications, so once it's available, it'll notify you, ping you on your phone or whatever, and you can actually download it and play it. So that's something to look forward to, and it's nice, again, to see... You know, Yusuzuki with another game, especially going back to his arcade roots here. Um, hopefully it does well for him. Fingers crossed. Definitely. So next up, Matt, we've got Wave 3. Did we speak about Wave 2? We must have done probably towards the end of the anime show run. I think but Wave mentioned. 3, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we would have mentioned it. But Wave 3 has started today, I believe. So I don't know. I hadn't noticed if they've been keeping in sync with the Shenmue Day 4th of every month. So this is just... Happens to be Wave Three is the fourth of June, but <laughs> that's that's started now. So if you're anywhere near Yokosuka in Japan, Dabuta Street, if you can get over there, I know it's difficult flights and stuff, but if you're able to head down, do what you did for the first two waves, or, or, or check out details of what you you can do, but just go around the shops buying stuff, and they'll give you postcards. While this event is actually on, and there's again, there's I think there's new artwork up. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's really cool. Go check check those things out. 
I've got a note here on the anime rerun audience, Matt. I don't know if you've got the figures, but we believe it's doing well again. Yeah. Re-airing on, is this on Adults Swim again? Yeah, so they've what they've done, as soon as the anime finished um, in early May, two weeks later, on May the 14th, it then started a rerun on Adult Swim. And this is also while it's airing in Japan currently as well. So it's airing everywhere, which is great. And you probably saw on the forums, it was sort of hitting around sort of 200,000 a week viewers in on adult swim which is phenomenal um it was outperforming a lot of other well-established anime now predictably there was a drop-off don't get me wrong um it's also been moved to the graveyard shift so rather than heading up the um adult swim uh, tsunami block at midnight it's now at 3 a.m in the morning in um, pacific time but actually the audiences have held quite steady they're averaging 120,000 people watching this and it's a rerun so yeah there's been a drop-off but i'm very, very impressed that we have such either a devout audience or a new audience coming into this and enjoying the thing. And this is a rerun. So this isn't, you know, this they just put this back on because, for whatever reason and it's doing well outperforming and other established franchises again. Do we know if when they ta- they're totaling the, the rankings or the viewership or whatever, do they add the reruns on top of the original run or is that a separate thing it's a separate thing so the statistics are very separate so the premiere run will have its own set of, set of statistics and the rerun will have its own set of statistics which you can you can find and i can put a link i can get a link in the description below so you can have a look for yourself but i'm genuinely surprised like i thought there'd be a huge drop off and it's like yeah you might get some stragglers but when you're sort of holding at sort of 50 percent your premiere run with with a rerun, um, I think that says volumes for the anime, the marketing, the quality of the product as well that's gone out there. And as long as it's performing well in Japan, which I believe it is, this has got to put us in good stead for a second season. And if you want a second season, tell Crunchyroll about it because they're the ones that hold the keys to the kingdom in this regard. So, um, But that's why we have a new a new hashtag for Shenmue Day as well, which is hashtag Shenmue Anime 2, which we'll be using on the 4th of every month going forward as well. Yeah, and I believe it's meant to have been the most successful Crunchyroll original so far, right? I don't know how many they've done, but yeah, that's I've something heard, I heard. Yeah. I've heard that, and I mean, I've heard figures knocked around that they've had like a million a week viewership across Adult Swim and, and, and Crunchyroll. Now, I haven't seen these statistics myself to verify anything like this, but assuming that's that's correct, that is huge. That is massive for Shenmue. A million people watching this every week. That's a million people that could buy a Shenmue 4, in theory. Now, not everybody's going to. Of course they're not. You're going to get some drop-offs and all the rest of it. But if you're talking about widening a market, well, there you go, you know? Yeah. Well, if a million people bought Shenmue 4, (laughs) I think we'd be be set set for life, wouldn't we? (laughs) Yeah, of course we would. If Shenmue 4 did a million copies, I think for for, uh, what is considered a niche franchise, everybody would be very, very pleased with it. I would be. I know Cedric wanted a million for Shenmue 3, but obviously that, that didn't happen, unfortunately. But this says to me there's massive potential here in Shenmue. They just need to get it out there the right way and market it the right way and present it the right way. If they do all that, then this this franchise is in a fantastic position, way better than where we were you know, before the E3 2015, before Shenmue 3. I think we'd have taken this back then. We'd have absolutely taken it, and we need to take advantage of it now. This is the thing. We can't rest on our laurels here. We have to keep pushing because if we stop now, all that work, we did all those years ago for nothing. We need to get the story finished, one way or the other. We actually have good momentum as well, and I'll 
I'll piggyback on to the next topic here, which is Shenmue 3 on PS Plus in Japan. So this is another good thing. So if you've been taken into the Shenmue ether spear by the anime, perhaps you picked up one and two by now. I don't know. They're always on sale. But if you haven't and you're interested in picking up the next part of the, the story, as it were, following on from the anime... Is Shenmue 3 that's available on PS Plus in Japan at the moment, but because it's in Japan and they've got their service early, it's kind of, well, you'd assume that once that service reaches the West, a similar sort of game list or whatever, and Shenmue well, 3 should be part of that, right? I'd be very, very surprised if it wasn't, and it surprised me because PS Plus, as we know, has been it's been put into tears now. You've got Essential, you've got Extra, and you've got the Premium, so what they've done is they put Shenmue 3 into the Extra bit, so you pay, I think it's $15 a month, and you get a raft of games with it, and I don't know what the take-up will be from Essential PlayStation Plus, which is your bog-standard one, all the way through to, to, to the other tiers, but the fact that it's on there now, and the fact it could, in theory, end up in almost every PlayStation owner's home is massive, and people who've, like you say, watched the anime may go, do you know what? Sod it. I'll put down $15. I'll download a few games, see what I think of them. Shenmue 3 could be one of them. And then they could enjoy it. I think, I know it's a long time in coming. I know, you know lots of people wanted to play the game would have already played it. But there are more people out there who then have access to it. Now get Shenmue 1 and 2 on there as well. And I'm, I'm a happy man. But it, it, this came out of left field as well. Like this was this slipped, slipped well under the radar. Nobody announced it. It popped up on Twitter. And we were like, what? Where's this come from? <laughs> yeah. So, But you know what? I'll take it. I'll happily take it. It should have been on there ages ago, in my view, anyway. Yeah, and Shenmue 1 and 2 should have been in the lead up to into Shenmue 3's being released. But that's that's not obviously, um, that's not down to Wisenet or anything. That was a, a decision by Sega for whatever reason. And they're the IP holder and that's their call to make, I guess. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, maybe this is a, specifically Shenmue 3 because of that Shenmue marketing deal that sony was involved with yeah that we we do speak about in this I, that, that's what made me think of that because i heard that earlier today when we were talking about this nah. <laughs> back in back in january but let's just wrap up some last little bits of the news now so merch wise matt soundtrack news this is regarding the anime right yeah so obviously there's a clamor for merchandise we've obviously seen the pouches and some of the postcards knocking around and everybody wants a soundtrack i want a soundtrack james wants a soundtrack everybody wants a soundtrack and we might be getting one. In an interview, I think it was on Famitsu, I'd have to check it again, they were talking about potential of a soundtrack, and they are talking about putting one together and releasing one and to keep an ear out for some future news going forward around that, which it's a no-brainer for me. Blu-ray release soundtrack are the minimum in this, and I personally they could make T-shirts and everything else, but everybody's talking about wanting a soundtrack well it looks like we're gonna get one we just need to keep an ear to the ground and and hopefully that materializes i'd be buying that day one yeah day. i wonder if it will after the either the japanese show runs finished or perhaps the rerun of the adult swim or maybe, yeah you know possibly. both once they've finished and then they can start thinking about soundtrack and blu-ray or whatever and talking about soundtracks obviously everything from limited run games is shipped now that includes the complete edition for Shenmue 3. What were your thoughts on that quickly, Matt? Just the, the complete edition now that we finally um, got it? I mean, I, I did an unboxing video on it. I thought generally the product was good. I had an issue with the sort of the... They were going to be posted, character posters, weren't they? And they were dropped down sort of leaflets. And I, I, and 
I don't like saying this because I'm quite positive around generally the things that limited run games do. Their stuff's nine times out of ten brilliant. Um, but I think this felt cheap. It honestly yeah. felt cheap. The rest of it was great. The soundtrack was really good. Uh, the LP set was fantastic. Um, it felt really nice and handsome. The artwork was brilliant in that as well. As well, But I just felt that those character posters felt really cheap. But then flip it, the sort of seven stars out of that complete edition. That's awesome. I absolutely love that. It's got pride of place on my shelf. It's um, yeah, same That here. took me by surprise. It's really cool. I think everything else included in that set was spot on, to be honest. it's I... I... I loved, you know, everything that was in there. The Chobacham figures, like you say, the Sword of the Seven Stars, um, amongst the other things that were in that box. I know there was like maps and that Hotel Niawu poster thing and yeah, whatever. Yeah. And and those those were generally well done. It was literally just those character cards that didn't really I don't know. In in the end, I could take or leave them. But if, if they were the what they originally touted as as posters, I think that would have been yeah. amazing. But yeah. it wasn't to be. No problem though. And finally, Matt, just before we close up the news, Wisenet have got a brand new website. This is where you can see stuff on Air Twister, and they've got information mm-hmm. on Shimmy 3 on there, but it looks really cool, really cool website. Go check it out if you haven't already. And that is along with a brand new YouTube channel for Wisenet that yep. will I'll put all these links in the description, the show notes below, and you can go and check these out. So that is a wrap for the news for this and that's a wrap for me and matt for this particular live moment we're going to head into the the pre-recorded segment now that we like i say we had since the start of the year hope you really enjoy the show guys if there is anything in there that sounds a little bit off or a little bit outdated that is the reason why so if we talk about the anime and it sounds like we haven't seen it yet we're talking about the trailers of the anime rather than the actual show it's because we recorded this at the start of the year so enjoy guys and we'll see you on the next show see you later
Okay, that was Backer Credits Title 4 from Shemu 3. Really nice piece of that. It's a shame, actually, it only ever got used in the back of credits, but you can say that with a, a few pieces of music actually from the back of credits. There's some nice stuff in there. Got another one later in the show. So what we hope to achieve with this show is to break down everything that you may think you have ever heard about Shemu 3. So it's Kickstarter, the rewards, it's PC launcher, deals, marketing, you know, those sort of things that were like thrown around willy-nilly and, you know, all these clickbait media headlines. And we're going to try and give the solid facts from a Shemu fan or, like I say, the, the facts. It's not like we're just making things up to present Shemu always in the best light. This isn't our rebuttal. These, like I say, these are just straight facts. We're just telling you how it is. So stick around and perhaps, you know, there's going to be something in here that you may, maybe um, you weren't aware of or whenever you see someone perhaps bad-mouthing an aspect of Shenmue moving forward, you can present the facts to them in a manner that they can't deny, basically, <laughs> if we're going to get that deep anyway. So let's jump straight into it. Matt, what is the first point that we're going to cover? So this this seems quite a natural point to start, really. I'm just going to make a little disclaimer before we go sort of diving into this. Um, we're trying to look at this from a balanced point of view. I'm also not painting everybody in in the games media industry with the same brush at all i do want to make that disclaimer now but these are things that we know were quite honestly factually incorrect and yet people ran with them so i just want to put it out there that we're not being knobheads for the sake of it and paint everybody with the same brush just as a little disclaimer there but yeah i won't and th- th- this is like what i was saying up front at the, s- the top of the show where as soon as these headlines are out there, it, they just spread like wildfire. And it's very hard to contain that fire once it's out there because people's opinions, and it's so quick to poke fun or hatred towards something that you perhaps don't, you're not completely aware of. You're just, you're just following what people are presenting you as facts when in actual reality, you know, there's, like I say, there's always another side to these stories. And I mean, hopefully a lot of people did go into that open-minded because obviously at the end of the day, a lot of media, and again, like Matt says, we're not particularly trying to pick on certain websites or or uh, gaming media coverage people here in general. We just got we picked out articles that we thought they, they had actually done this at the time. But obviously you've got that sort of clickbait mindset where they're trying to spin a story in what's going to generate them the most clicks. Mm, exactly. Going to generate the most income because obviously the, their website, their livelihoods are based off of uh, a viewership to their website and they're going to get ad revenue or whatever appears on that page so if they can entice people into reading that story up front they're going to make more profit in the long run and obviously you're going to get some editors on the websites that are favorable towards certain games and you know they don't want that kind of spin that sort of tale so like i say not every single outlet that we're doing here is every single time they put out a headline or, you know, it is this sort of Shenmue thing. But for some reason in particular, Shenmue 3 seemed to be heavily picked on. And I'm not too sure why. Perhaps it was like they didn't feel like just having a, a regular Shenmue 3 headline would generate clicks. You know, they could put out, a you know, a fairly generous article about Red Dead Redemption 2. And, the, you know, they know because of the name, people are going to click it, whether it's good or bad. You know, it doesn't really matter. But for Shenmue 3... Perhaps that was a different story. I'm, I'm just saying this thing like in my own opinion here, but maybe 
they didn't know. Again, we've always had this thing with Shemi where no one knows how to market it. So maybe they didn't even know how to create a story that would get people enticed into reading. So they had to go with a slightly stirring the pot sort of headline. That's, that's a very good view on that, James, actually. It's, I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, I've always been of the opinion that they lost their clickbait when Shenmue 3 got announced at the kicks, uh, at 2015, the whole rumour thing, the clickbait of Shenmue's ever happening, blah, blah, blah. Which kind of does work the same, doesn't it? So if yeah. they've lost that, they've got to try and find something shocking enough to get attention again and you know perhaps just like oh you know Yu Suzuki's doing this and Shenmue isn't good enough it needs to have some sort of a shock element to it to actually be beneficial for the the website yeah and that that fits in actually quite nicely with the, the first sort of topic of this discussion we're covering which is obviously the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter announcement I mean 2015 I stand by it, it was probably, you know, one of the best things I'd ever seen um mm-hmm. Obviously, once the dust had settled a little bit, there were questions being asked around well, who was funding what. Now, I'm going to make a, put an addendum onto this in that the, the messaging that came out of WiseNet was not particularly helpful to this. And I know that Cedric, when I spoke to him, openly said this at the time as well. So they recognised this. Um, I think Sony sent out some mixed messaging. And then it sort of spiralled into this wave of misinformation. So the media were going around and basically saying that Sony would be putting in a significant amount of money into the development of Shenmue 3 and that the Kickstarter was essentially a drop in the ocean and a bit of a con is what Mm. they were running with. So they were basically going around and saying, well, they put Yuzuki on the Kickstarter stage Sony are funding this development and it wasn't denied outright by WiseNet which didn't help um and there is an article out there that WiseNet sort of shut everything down around questions around that which I did wasn't helpful honestly but at the same respect um I think there's a little bit of blame on Sony in that they took time to get themselves up to speed with what was going on and when more asked are you helping with Shenmue 3 they said oh yeah of course we are we're supporting Shenmue 3 and that was taken as, well, they're putting money into the budget, they're developing it. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You've got, if you're just giving off the headline there that Polygon have, have, have used, Sony contributing to Shenmue 3 development, just the word contributing, just it sounds like an exchange of money, doesn't it? It's... It does. It's, it, it sounds like they're putting in a significant amount of money into the budget. And Kotaku did the same thing. Sony's helping make Shenmue 3. Yeah, those are the headlines that are up in lights. So instantly... Before you read it, you think Sony are helping with the development of this project. Whereas in reality, this was only a marketing deal and some financial support to get the game over onto PlayStation through their third party team. The problem was that this had spiraled by the time that Adam Boys did a he did an interview with Giant Bomb and he talked about the marketing deal and the project and the promotion and what it was. But he stressed at this point that WiseNet was self-publishing this title. So Sony weren't putting anything into, into the development side of things. They were literally supporting the marketing. They supporting to get it over on third party. But the problem was that this had spiraled immediately and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it had tarnished the Kickstarter, I think, from the public view. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are, James, on that. Well, WiseNet and 
Awesome Japan or whoever should have been, or even Sony, you know, pumping out the correct information out there to make sure that everyone knows the current situation. I mean, they should have thought, even back in when they were, they were showcasing the game on E3 stage, that, you know, Adam Boy says we're excited to be sharing this as part of, you know, on, on our stage. You've got two sort of things there. He's sort of saying we're not really involved. We're just showing it on our stage. But then at the same time, he's saying that we are involved because it's on our stage. You know, there's some sort of exclusivity yeah. deal been mm-hmm. written for the game to even be shown on Sony's stage. And as far as marketing goes at that point, I don't know how much that was the showing of it on the E3 stage because they know they're going to get millions of eyes well, yeah. in this trailer. Especially in the lineup that you had, you had the Last Guardian, the Final Fantasy Seven remake or whatever, and then Shemu Three. People that it didn't even know anything about Shemu, they were still calling it the the Holy Trinity of E three press conferences. So the fact that that happened on that stage at that time, it marketed itself at that point, and you've got people, and possibly a lot of these ended up being the people that sort of tarnished the Kickstarter a little bit because perhaps they weren't really a diehard fan like we were at the time. We've been waiting so long, you know, maybe just people hopped on because of the hype surrounding the game. And so five years down the line, they're still waiting for the product. They're seeing trailers that they're thinking of, like, that we're going to get into it a little bit, but they're, they're, they're seeing, like, the Dead Eye trailer, which was in development, and thinking, oh, my God, this is what I paid 60 quid for yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, because they're not diehard fans and they're not really looking into the evidence and they're not really looking into the, the, the facts and or reading that it says this is a development, it's not a, a final release trailer or whatever, that kind of tarnished it a little bit because those sort of people were then turning around and leaving all these negative comments on the Kickstarter and, you know, media outlets were running with, some of those themselves kind of thing as well so i just think i mean i don't know if that is true that perhaps just by showing the game at e3 was part of the marketing deal that they were invested in or they were going to do something further down the line i can't really recall what they did do further down the line apart from perhaps putting it on the playstation store maybe there was a this game's out today in the I, I, i can't really i can't remember like three years ago on the the sony dashboard the playstation 4 dashboard whether Shenmue 3 got a bit of a bump somewhere when it was released. I can't remember. I can't remember. I mean, I think also the terms of that deal changed when they got a publisher in Deep Silver, but that's a whole different discussion point, which we, we, we I think we covered previously. I think the biggest thing with this, and I'm just going to call it as I see it, is people jumped to conclusions with zero, and I mean zero evidence. Where was the yeah. evidence that Sony were funding this? Where was it? I know the messaging was mixed. And I get there needed to be some, you know, people need to be inquisitive around this thing because that's their job. Fine. I understand that. I get that. And I know the messaging was poor, but conclusions were jumped to. So by the time we got to Tokyo Game Show 2015, where Cedric had turned around and said, you know, Shibuya were the largest external funding source on Shenmue 3 at that time. So sum up the Shenmue 3 budget right now, right? We know it was $20 million. Yuzuzuki said that publicly, right? There was, after the um, Slackerbacker, there was like seven, you know, just short $7.2 million in there. Yeah. Okay. So there's essentially $12.8 $12. million unaccounted for in inverted commas. 
we know that Deep Silver put a sum of money into that. I don't know how much. I've heard $5 million pushed around. I've heard $10 million pushed around. Call it 10 just for argument's sake, right? So it's a three-ish million dollar gap. Well, Shibuya then are the largest people coming in on it after that sum. Sony's sum was nominal at best. It wasn't very much. So, and you've got to, if, even if you, we broke it down before, but even the Kickstarter budget, you see in 6.7 million or whatever, or seven overall with the Sakabaka, and 25% of that gets lost instantly to Kickstarter. Yeah. You've got all the shipping fees and the reward fees involved, which I'm sure must have accounted for, honestly, about half of the, the budget, just because how many backers there were, there were 63,000 backers. So, I think we did the math somewhere. I don't know if we've done it on a podcast before, but say if the average postage and bearing in mind that a lot of the items they actually shipped individually when they were ready. So I must have had maybe at least three individual things shipped to me. So however much it costs from Japan to the UK postage for like some fairly large items considering, yeah, you know, say, say 63,000, on average of maybe i know a lot of that is digital so it's hard to say as well but i was going to say 10 pound per person that's 630,000 just on shipping fees yeah and you're probably being conservative i think with that as well because obviously it goes all over yeah all over the world i think yeah. just bringing it back i think to to the main point here in terms of what the media was saying and made that assumption that that Sony were funding this, we also have to bear into mind that when all this information came out from Cedric, when Sony turned around and said, no, it's marketing and and a bit of financial support, but not very much, basically third party, and when WiseNet also put their own statements out, where were the retractions? There were none. Well, there there were none because obviously the story was done when they first announced it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? These media outlets, they're not going to come back with a rebuttal and say, oh, sorry, guys, we and... were wrong or... What what irks me with this particular thing is a it's had a massive impact on the Kickstarter. I mean, Cedric said that. They, there yeah. is. Well, you know, Cedric why... was saying to you that he expected that project to get to ten mil, yeah, and he yeah. thinks that because of the media outlash at the start, and obviously he also agreed that their communication was poor as well. Yeah, he did. Wisenet's awesome Japan. You know, the Kickstarter should have been well versed in communicating the facts across. ASAP. I mean, we noticed when we went through the Kickstarter page, right at the very bottom. I don't know if they added it. Yeah, they did. Um, it wasn't there point, originally. But it wasn't there originally, and it was right at the bottom. A little bit, a tidbit about the the actual funding or whatever marketing Sony's involvement or whatever. Because we we were surprised when we read that towards the bottom of the page, and no one realistically is going to get down there no. to see that to then make their own judgment. No, they're just going with the easy clickbait headline that's out there that's saying. Sony's involved, you know, this is involved. Yu Suzuki's, he doesn't need Kickstarter to fund this game. He's already got it funded. He's just greedy, getting money from as many sources as he can. He's he's bleeding the fans dry. Yeah. Which were some of the things that were being thrown around at the time. And it's shocking. I'm bleeding the fans dry. I'm sorry. With all due respect to people out there, we're a community who've been fighting for this game for 15 years. We're, we are there to support this franchise. We're not being bled dry. We know what we're walking into. We knew what we were walking into when that Kickstarter came out. And I just think it it, it really hurt the wider perception of Shenmue 3 and the Kickstarter and the project and everything else that that went around it. And 
it's rather unfortunate because it did it it did i think in my view i'm not necessarily saying it got to 10 million but i do think it could have could have possibly fetched eight for example which yeah it sounds silly but if you have another two or three million quid do we get the ending that was originally planned do we get more character development it sounds really silly looking at from that point of view now but that could have been a difference we don't know but it's 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 unfortunate it's i mean it is what it is we can't can't change it but the fact remains the fact remains that this was a marketing deal with some financial support for third party that was it nothing more nothing less and i suspect if anything like i said deep silver came on and i reckon sony probably stepped away from that which yeah is a good point in itself we don't actually know what deal deep silver made and you know we were under the assumption that they were going to be within that deal might be the Shemu four, Shemu five, or whatever to yeah, to, to complete yeah, the yeah, series, absolutely. and then after your conversation with Cedric, it doesn't really feel like that's the case, and um, we don't know if these been falling out with Deep Silver or they weren't impressed by the sales figures. I mean, they have come out. THQ were saying that they were quite happy with the sales figures, so whether they're just saying that or you know they actually were, but they're not willing to invest more, um, it's hard to it's hard to judge at this point until we actually know what's going on there. We don't want to make our own assumptions no. either. No. But I, I, like you say, there, there seemed to be a slight change in tone as soon as Deep Silver involved. Mm. And I know we did get a few game delays, but ultimately, the game was still rushed, we you know, out because yeah. we got Baisha cut or whatever. So, like you say, if there was uh, a more of a positive view on the game at the start of the Kickstarter and, and, and until it ended 30 days later or whatever, and we did get maybe 8 million or 10 million, like I, I'm not quite sure what would have happened to that money, whether it would have brought on more staff to make the game quicker or it would have made the game on a much more bigger scope than we got and you know it may have took even longer to come out i don't i don't it's hard to judge with the money wise whether it would have made the game harder to make or easy to make because there's a certain point there he was looking for two million yeah and he was going to make like a sort of a a more story generated basic game and then at 10 million he actually came out he said that at 10 million we'd be able to make the shenmue that everyone wants and obviously we kind of got sort of a Seven million wasn't quite ten, wasn't quite you know. Yeah. So it was in the middle of the two figures. So what we did get was him trying to push towards the Shenmue three that we wanted, but falling short. So whether or not if we'd had got the ten million, there would have been something in that three million that would have pushed it over the edge, like he was, or, or it just made it would have even made it even harder to make. I don't. I don't know. It could have made <laughs> it's a difficult one to say. In my mind, it could have made the difference. We don't know whether it would have made the difference, but it's a lot of. And money. we'll never know. And we'll never know. You're quite right. Yeah. But we'll we'll leave that one there. I think because we could rant around it all day. And... Yeah. Well, I'm sure that that is the one that was like everyone knows about that. There was a lot of grumblings of Sony's involvement early on, and hopefully we've we've given the facts there. We haven't actually said what WiseNet said. Um, do we know? Um, there is a statement they released, um, and we can—I'm sure we can link it in the video for because it's quite a long statement. Yeah. But they basically. So if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll, I'll put up the the article or whatever. But they basically clarify what the arrangements were, and it was it was late in coming, honestly. But they did clarify it. But it, it, unfortunately, it, it, the damage had already already been done. Um, but there we go. So. We move into the next point around the media. This was just after 
actually the the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter was just as the PayPal had opened or was about to open. And the media were going around and saying that basically Yu Suzuki needs more money, implying that Shenmue 3 won't be realised without it. And they all surfaced on the same sort of time frame, around October 5th. There was a Eurogamer article, which is a bit clickbaity, but the actual article itself is really good. It says Yu Suzuki could do with more money. That's, that's your example of clickbait if I've ever seen one. But Eurogamer generally are quite quite sympathetic towards Shenmue. They're yeah. Quite, yeah, quite positive towards it. So for them to make a clickbait article, it was like, what? But actually the content of the article is excellent. I'd urge anybody to read it because it goes into a lot of the detail around the Kickstarter and why more funding is being sought. But then I'm going to flip that to a GamesRadar article, if I may. And this, I've taken a little extract from it. Uh, it says, Shenmue 3, most funded game on Kickstarter would like more money, please. Shenmue 3 is aiming for a holiday 2017 release date. Well, we know that didn't happen. Um, hopefully that's enough time to implement some better ragdoll physics and avoid the Shenmue crowdfunding campaign 3 to be announced at E3 2016. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. But, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Because we've, we've already got the campaign, so they just... If, if you notice as well, it is kind of that Chinese whisper thing going on there. So Eurogamer and GameSpot, they've both put out a similar article there. Yu Suzuki could do with a little bit more money. So they're sort of stirring what Yu Suzuki must have said in an interview where he's like, you know, we it probably was that one where he said like at 10 million, uh, we'd be able to do the Shenmue 3. And we, you know, perhaps at that yeah, time yeah. they'd open up the PayPal slacker backer that would allow for that to maybe happen. And then these articles go live and people that may have been interested in backing via PayPal rather than Kickstarter are then immediately put off from doing that because it's like, well, how, how much money do we actually need to get this game made? Is that, you know, there's a risk involved because of the, these headlines where there might be a point where he still needs more money. This game isn't going to get made. I'm not going to invest £60 or $60 or whatever of my money into a game that isn't doesn't feel as though it's certain about where it wants to be. And I think that was the problem. Yeah, you summed that up really, really well, actually, in terms of what the feeling around that was it, it, and the picture it portrayed. Oh, yeah, if we don't put more money in, it won't happen. Shenmue 3, blah, it won't be the game that you want um, or it may not even happen and it, it, your money will disappear into a black abyss. Whereas in reality, if you go back to the actual Kickstarter campaign, there was so many people going... Can I back through PayPal? Can I back through PayPal? It was really demanded to the point where on the final Twitch stream um, with the Kickstarter just about to finish in the final hours, they announced on that Twitch stream that they would be opening up at some point that year PayPal due to fan demand. It wasn't. It took a while, actually, didn't it? I feel like it took a while did, from the Kickstarter ending to the... It did, because the Kickstarter ended in July and it was September, October time that the Slackerbacker opened up. And this is so it wasn't to... like the, it was like pre-planned no. and they were ready to launch to make more money. No. It was like we we can't deny all these people want to pay. And I, I remember at the time a lot of Japanese fans were like struggling to use Kickstarter. They had to go through friends that maybe had the thing translated into English so they knew where they were putting stuff. So there was a lot of like considering the game has been made in Japan, it's you know, it's from a, a Japanese publisher, developer rather. It's, you know, it, it, it's a game that meant a lot to Japanese fans as well. And then they're using the sort of American service of Kickstarter. 
so yeah, there's going to be people looking for different ways to pay for something that they want, which is where the PayPal slacker backer thing came into it. And even the word slacker backer, which is a term that people already knew and were familiar with, but again, that slacker backer thing seemed a bit like a, a negative in itself that like, yeah, you, <laughs> you know, you're slacking on backing yeah, is the shit that you get sort of thing. <laughs> it's, it wasn't the case. <laughs> I mean, that feed that feeds into it to the next bit we'll come into, but I think, yeah, yeah. again, you, you, you're right. It's, it this was a fan demanded thing. I know, and Yu Suzuki's been quite open in saying that he could could have done, you know, could do with some more money for the game because he wants to make it as good as possible. He doesn't want. He's never been a person to compromise, and he's working within a budget he's probably not used to. So having a bit more money is going to help him make a better game. We know that. And the thing is, it's daft, but all this spirals out of probably one interviewer just saying to him like. Are you satisfied with what you got? You know, would you have liked to have uh, got more money or whatever? And then that instantly becomes this ulterior motive that Yu Suzuki's demanding more money, where in actual fact, he's obviously going to say he would have liked more money because, you know, why wouldn't you? No, I know. (laughs) You're going to make a better product. Again, yeah, people accusing him of being greedy, etc. But I go back to my original point that this slacker backer, this PayPal thing, was through fan demand. People who wanted to back the Kickstarter who couldn't said, "Can I back through PayPal?" People were demanding it, and they went with it. And it's, I mean, it stayed open for what nearly, nearly three years. It stayed open for, didn't it? It was around two thousand eighteen. Really, they was shut it that it. long? Yeah. It was quite a long time. So people kept, and people kept contributing to it because they wanted to. They weren't forced yeah. to. They knew what they were getting into, and they got the product at the end of it. Well, that's the thing. I mean myself i think i probably did another 200 pound through the slacker backer because i got another t-shirt because at the time i was thinking you know and it allowed you to do these sort of things yeah. because it wasn't all all your money in one spunk at, you know within that kickstarter thing it was like okay a year's passed i've got a, a medium t-shirt booked on kickstarter i might just get a large just in case you know and then i can work out which is the the perfect size yeah. that i, I, I want to wear then is out of the t-shirts and then obviously it came to light that there was going to be a slacker backer case for the game so it was like okay well i'm a collector i want to get that so i'll, I'll buy the slacker backer version of the ps4 physical and maybe the, the slacker backer version of the pc thing and i don't think they were intending to fleece us by saying like, okay, the big fans only get four copies of the game to have each variation of the case or whatever. It's just giving options for all, like you say, all the comments and people were saying like, I want this, I want that, I, you know, can you, on the PayPal, can you do this? Can you, mm. even much so that it caused a, a bit of a stir with the poll. I don't know if that's one of your things later, but it, it was a poll. It, it is says, okay, I'll, I'll wait you- then. You've um you've actually segued into that quite nicely. In fact, James, <laughs> I didn't mean to, but I yeah. like that. No, you've segued into that really well. So point three that we're making right now is a natural sort of progression on. Um, it's about the Slackerbacker campaign. Actually, as we know, uh, it opened up, and there was a bit of you know toing and froing about it. But the media started running around and saying that Slackerbackers were not going to get any rewards. Now, the reason for this is there was a poll that went out asking the Kickstarter backers if they would be happy for the Kickstarter exclusive rewards to be made available to the PayPal Slacker backers. Um, Breakdown came to about, it was um, 30.9% in favour of doing it. 26.5% said um, they should stay exclusive. 42.6% said, whatever, don't really care. Yeah. So you add that and you add the other one together equals more in favour. 
Yeah. So essentially. what wasn't said, and this is this comes down to communication again, so I'm going to pick this up because we're trying to be balanced about this, yeah. is that they didn't say it was the additional Kickstarter exclusive rewards like the Dice Dude capsule, and I think possibly the Corey message might have been in here as well. But they didn't make that clear, which, as we found out with the Kickstarter, is a big no-no. So what ended up happening is there was a article that popped out. I'm just going to pop it up on my screen now. That... While you're doing that, do you remember if the telephone card, the international phone card was slacker or not? I don't know without looking is, is my honest answer, quite frankly. Yeah. I'd have I to... can't remember personally, but I feel like that was a Kickstarter exclusive as well. So This is, this is a Polygon article. And I've pulled a quote from this because I think it's quite powerful. And I, we've mentioned Polygon a few times. It sounds like we're picking on them, but we're not. It's just this is just I think ha- summed what everything. they reported at the time. Yeah, it summed my my point up best. It says the Shenmue Three Kickstarter campaign offers a plethora of um, exclusive rewards, contributing for you know, from physical copies of the game and unique cases, especially engraved plaques. None of these gifts, however, will be available <laughs> to those who donated via PayPal, according to the campaign's latest update. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to turn around and say it's bullshit. Yeah, it sounds like the WiseNet just taking a big dump on everyone that missed out on the, the Kickstarter. Yeah, it's like, ha, you've missed out. Nope, yeah. you're not getting anything. Whereas in reality, it was only down to the to the the additional Kickstarter exclusive rewards, which was the pot, which was what the polls talking about. But this it comes down to mixed messaging. They didn't make this clear. They and I hope yeah, I I've made that point. But they've literally turned around. They could have gone on the bloody slacker back a page and looked at it. Yeah. And gone, oh, they are getting some, but they're not getting X, Y, and Z. No, they ran with that. See that that's the problem again, is that is that just the bad communication? You know, if you if you actually read what it says, it says considering the strong response from those of you that felt the exclusive rewards should remain exclusive for Kickstarter, those exclusive rewards will not be re- made available on the PayPal page as originally promised. So, I mean, the media, I'm sure when they're writing these articles, they must have done the research. They must have looked at the Kickstarter rewards and said, "Oh, oh yeah, okay," but they've just twisted the words then. To, to generate the clickbait See, article, perhaps. I, I don't know with this particular one, because it's very unequivocal in the way they've worded yeah. that. It's very definite that it isn't happening. Whereas I think you know, it has come from a poor message coming out from the communication side around the Kickstarter, WiseNet, Awesome Japan, you know, the messaging wasn't great. But they have made an assumption. If they'd have gone on that page, they would have seen the rewards, most of which were from the Kickstarter. I mean, blooming heck, you you got a different Slacker t-shirt for backing through the Slacker backer to the Kickstarter. So you actually got exclusive Slacker backer you got rewards. exclusive stuff. So, yeah, so it's not like you're not getting anything at all. You're just donating 60 quid and there's your money gone. Yeah. Which is what that sounded like. It sounded like you're not getting any rewards, whereas you're actually getting Kickstarter rewards, just not the exclusive ones like... You know stuff that has already been in gone. Perhaps the 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 character busts. Obviously, they can't do stuff like that. They can't nope, do the, nope. the merchandise bags and stuff like nope. that because all that's assigned to people. Yeah, um, correct. And then there is like really exclusive things. I don't know if they were in the, the Kickstarter and, and the Slackerbacker like get your picture in the harbor capsule toy yeah. stuff. I don't think they were, were they? Not from not from memory, but I think the, the point remains that a the communication wasn't great, but b that. They, the Isaka's actually got some some of their own unique stuff, and they got the vast majority of what the Kickstarter 
reward would have been. So to make, again, to jump to a conclusion that they're getting nothing without even going, you know, from what it looks like, without even going on the page, I think is, is purely wrong. If I did that in my job, I'd get sacked. Well, basically, yeah, because you're reporting the wrong thing, aren't you? Exactly. So I, that that irks me. You can probably tell from the way I'm talking that it irks me. But it's again, it, it's another piece of bad press, not completely the fault of the media because why isn't it mixed messaging, etc., from everybody else, but really just a five-minute click and you'd see what was go- actually going on. And I mean, why isn't it issued a statement to say what was happening? And it cleared it up pretty quickly. And I do think some sites even offered retractions to it, which is great and fair play to those sites that held their hands up. I think that's the problem as well. You've got a lot of these websites just copying off one another rather than, you know, so they haven't actually done the research themselves. No, no. They've seen uh, another media outlet say these rewards aren't being offered and perhaps they're not completely familiar with Shenmue themselves. You know, they're more interested in all the games that are coming out and there must be a lot of like different news concerning different games every day. It's not just a a Shenmue centered (laughs) outbreak of news. So when perhaps they don't really investigate, they just try and report on as much stuff as they can. end up copy and pasting one another don't they really they do a bit i mean we've had it on our site haven't we when we've broken news um i mean ign and people like that have come from you know taken it from us and ran with it and so it it does happen i mean that's fine it does happen but what i just think take a bit of time and just just be just be sure and then this, this this sort of stuff doesn't happen but it's quite clickbaity isn't it in that respect, you're not getting anything. PayPal bags get nothing. Well, I just had a look just on the slacker bucket, and okay, so all of those Kickstarter exclusive things that you would have expected, like your photo and the thing, or your you get your picture on a, a capsule toy, or write your message in the six hundred dollar, put your name and a hundred and four character message in the guest book of Jobo in. So they've got those sort of things in there, but the the ones that were like exclusive and limited to kickstarter they didn't make it across to the slacker backer and that is obvious really at the end of the end of the day because they were limited tiers and those are the things that they said in that one particular update they wouldn't be putting into the slacker backer because of the people that have actually invested into those tiers on kickstarter feel like the overall majority majority they they said didn't want to see anyone willy-nilly because you know perhaps you've got to think about i know i know obviously from a shemu fan's point of view we want as much money to go into the series to get the best game experience but at at the same time you you can kind of understand people saying like well i've spent five grand to get this particular tier or you know a thousand pound to get this particular tier that was hard for me to do I thought I was limited to 30 days and I've, you know, maybe racked up credit cards and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then to find out that there's three years where you can get those rewards, you know, and, and it, it, it doesn't feel as exclusive anymore, those particular things. But obviously the physical items, they're all on the slacker backer because no one's arguing stuff like that. People were just, which is the whole basis behind the poll. You know, why is that sent out a poll? Because they didn't want to just jump to conclusions. They didn't want to just jump and create something and then piss people off. They wanted to actively engage with the community, asking, you know, should we do this? Would this be okay? Is this something you want to see? 
And most people turned around and said, well, you know, not really, because we thought that we'd already invested that towards the Kickstarter and we're happy to see the slacker back here. It's making it's me sad. <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, I'm talking on behalf of everyone, but th- this is kind of like how the turn of events occurred where we're happy to see the, the slacker backer, but we're not happy for, for certain rewards to be just available to anyone willy-nilly. And then obviously that turns into clickbait that yeah. we, we're kind of debating about right now, which is yeah. unfortunate again, because again, it's another not necessarily another nail in the coffin because obviously what we did get was amazing in the end, but it is another nail in certain people's views that Shenmue 3 is an uninvestable yeah, exactly. purchase for them. It's oh, I'm seeing too many negative headlines. It feels dodgy. Some it feels dodgy about this. You know, they're not doing the research. They're just reading the headlines. Some it's definitely off about this. I'm not going to go into it. Yeah, exactly that. And again, it's we don't know how much damage that may or may or not have done. But it's, again, it's another bit of PR that you don't want. And unfortunately, it's, again, it's been and gone. So we're going to have a quick music break now before we move into the next points. So Matt, you've picked a, a piece of Shemu 3 music to give us a little break with. What have you chosen? So my, my first pick is Pastoral Village. It's a nice little calming piece from Shemu 3 and Bailu Village. Welcome back. That was Pastoral Village from Shenmue 3 soundtrack. So moving on, Matt, you're about to talk about the next point, which is the 2017 trailer reaction. Yes, you stopped me going on a rant. I think that's probably the listeners will probably appreciate that, to be fair. <laughs> right. So 
too much intake of data and, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We needed that little bit of music break. Yeah, I think, I think everybody did for their own sanity more than anything else. So we got the 2017 trailer. We know what it looked like in terms of the environments were beautiful, absolutely stunning, really impressive. Obviously, the character models didn't have any expressions in them. It was, well, it was obvious, wasn't it? Let, let, let's not beat around the bush about it. It was obvious. But the media sort of ran around and started saying, bearing in mind at this point, I think Shenmue 3 had just had its delay into 2018. So it wasn't going to be 2017. This had been delayed. So it was nowhere near the finished product. And some of the media running around going, Shenmue 3's trailer is real bad, Kotaku um, Australia. They say there's a good reason for it being delayed by almost a year. The trailer looks like ass. So it's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible to, to 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 say that even not you know not alone the people that are meant to be reading it or the fans reading it, but just to say that is horrible. And then US Gamer, um, another one, it turned around and said in the trailer, series he- hero Rio, his friends and his enemies look are, are stiffer faced than Barbie dolls. As viewers turned away in mild shock and confusion, game director Yuzuzuki assured the world Shenmue three characters will emote in the final build. I mean. Mannequin-like faces. Yeah, you put I me mean, Polygon. I mean, Polygon actually, in fairness, here weren't too bad about it. They said reaction to Shenmue 3's mannequin-like faces prompted a response from Yu Suzuki. Told Game Watch that facial expression has been removed from some of the footage, but would eventually be replaced. That I don't have a problem with. No, because they're they are giving it how it is. You know, they've, yeah. they've, that's the whole problem with the Kickstarter. Really, they've they've kind of shot themselves in the foot really with the Kickstarter because they're they're dedicated to the people that have backed it to show them something, you know, and you've got people constantly harassing them every day Yeah. when we get in an update, yeah, 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 absolutely. let's see an update. So you've got people like that that are asking for updates. So when they do provide the updates, because it's an unfinished product, it is going to look not up to standard because it's it's unfinished, basically, which is what Seek was trying to say there, that facial animations, even the character models at that point weren't the final character models that we were going to get. So it's hard to judge something based off that. And then for those things to be the the specific things that people hone into, facial animations, the character models and whatever. Again, at the same time, I can understand because that is what they're being shown, but they need to understand the context behind that this is a development piece of footage that you wouldn't typically see. You're only seeing it because it is through Kickstarter. Exactly. And they've got a... A sort of a, a responsibility to be sharing the sort of because um, that's what they promised yeah i mean i don't know what went on behind the scenes with this trailer in terms of why it was put out there um i mean if you watch the trailer to the end shibuya productions logo isn't on there and i suspect there was a disagreement between people back behind the scenes as to whether they should even pull that trailer in the format that it was because it was obviously on the playstation YouTube, etc. But I think my my biggest takeaway from this is you've got industry journalists who obviously preview a lot of games. They've been around, they preview a lot of games. So they will be used to seeing alpha footage or production footage, pre-production footage, whatever you want to call it. Yet they're acting shocked mm. at this. Now, again, this, this, there's a common theme here that I'm revisiting communication it wasn't made clear and probably should have been bookended in a proper big update press release etc this trailer is an alpha phase trailer but we as as a respect to the kickstarter backers we're going to show off what we've got so far 
the product isn't final, even though I think it probably said it on the trailer somewhere, but the product isn't final. It's alpha phase. We are, we're just showing this because we'd like to give people a preview into what's going on. And then I think you probably calm some of that negative press. But at the same time, you've got experienced people in the journalism, gaming journalism, going, well, this looks shit. Well, of course it looks shit because it's alpha. But you fail to say that. You're acting surprised. Why? Why? Why are you acting surprised? What's the motive there other than clickbait? It is a good point. Like you say, they're used to seeing games go through these development states and... They're picking on Shenmue 3 for some reason, again, just because it's an easy target at this point. Maybe it's slightly different in this situation because they're f- the footage of Shenmue 3 is out there in the public eye. It's, it's on the PlayStation YouTube. We can all, you know, laugh. And, you know, people that didn't back the game can have a laugh about it as well because, oh, my God, you know, what's this trailer of this game called Shenmue 3? It looks awful. It looks bad. And the media are picking up on that and running with that is like an easy click to their website. And then, you know, it's it's up to the fans, really, to, to go out the way to kind of like counter-argue that, of course, it, it's in this state now because of where we are. We're still a, a year or two away from anywhere remotely being a finished product. Yeah, exactly. And the, the overreaction, it doesn't make sense for people who are probably used to seeing this sort of thing. They're probably not used to seeing it in the public eye. So I I can understand that your average person who, you know, your average gamer who's not a Shenmue fan will see that and go, what the hell's this? I understand that. I get that. And the messaging needs to be clearer around why that was out there. But the journalism around it didn't help. Do you think then that by these trailers being out on the official PlayStation channels, was that part of Sony's marketing deal? Uh, possi- is that something that needed to happen, really, if you think about it? Because obviously we got more negativity out of that. I mean, it was good for the Shenmue fans to see these trailers and be able to share them. And But realistically, because they looked unfinished, should they have been released on? Should, should someone have said, you know, perhaps we shouldn't release them here. Let's just leave it as a Kickstarter update. And I don't want... To, I- I don't want to talk for Cedric because he, I'm sure he can he can make the point himself. But I think it's telling that Shibuya logo wasn't on there. I think it's yeah. telling. Um, so, I mean, I, I do think you're right. I think it's part of the PlayStation deal. I mean, it's, it's got a million hits on YouTube, probably more than that now. Um, but your most hit trailer is also the one that got the most scrutiny in terms of the presentation of the characters that were in Alpha Phase. And I just think... A, it's an overreaction, but also I think had the messaging been better around it, it may have avoided that or or they could have held off a little bit. But I think they also felt they had to show something. And it's a shame when you think of it like that, that that is possibly the most watched trailer, whether it is because of these clickbait, it's like it's it's generated views because of that. But if anyone is looking to pick up the game today and they go on YouTube and search for Shenmue 3 trailer, and then that's because it's the most viewed. Perhaps it's like the, the the first one they see recommended, and then you know instantly that's a turn off straight away, which is unfortunate itself, I suppose. It is, um, and I do think. I mean, it's an it is an easy target, Shenmue in general for 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 these sorts of things. But again, it's like I said earlier, it's a common theme: overreaction, poor communication, and. Uh, and, and as we said previously, Cedric has been quite open and honest about that all the way through. And fair play to him for sort of taking that quite reflective approach to it, I think. 
Yeah, well, I mean, when you think about what we've just covered so far, you've got everything's a communication issue, yeah. I suppose. Mm. And you've got the Sony's f- putting up the bill for Shemo 3 wrong. You know, it's just a marketing deal. You hear you hear that a bit lower too late. Yeah. Yusuke Suzuki needs more money. Wrong. You know, he's just replying to a question and it's blown out of proportion. Slacker backers aren't getting rewards. Wrong. They are getting rewards. They're just not getting exactly the identical Kickstarter ones because they were exclusive to Kickstarter. Yeah. They're still getting their own rewards. Again, blown out of proportion. People think this is just a scam. They're just looking for money, 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 and no one's getting rewards when no one's saying they're not going to get any rewards. It's just crazy that a slight wording of something is so easy to take and mold yeah. into this negative press what what can wisenet say that you know that that's probably why towards the tail end of the, the process of the game we weren't seeing any updates because every time they put an update out it's actually doing more damage because no matter how the wording stuff even you know as they're typing it it sounds correct Reading it back now, it sounds correct. They're not. They're not saying that they're not getting any rewards or whatever. But it must have been so difficult on the WiseNet team and these people involved with creating these updates because they know that as soon as they hit that publish button on that update, someone is going to tear that shit apart and try and create something that isn't there. So it must have been so hard to 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 even know how to word an update. Because <laughs> what do you say? I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, communication issues or not, it doesn't justify that that the plainly wrong stuff that had, had to this point gone round. It just doesn't. Straight up. <laughs> so on that little rant again, <laughs> um, turning into a lot of me ranting and losing. No, I'm not losing my shit. But yeah, um, we come on to. I would say it's probably arguably the most controversial thing with the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter campaign launch release, etc., is the Epic Games exclusivity. Now, as we know, this was a publisher decision to go over to Epic and it caused a hell of a ruckus. Let, let, let's not beat around the bush about it. So it was, a, a, it was announced, wasn't it, at the PC gaming show? Yep, yeah, at E3 that year, yeah. in 2019. Which was unusual. I, yeah. I forget what was happening. I feel like we were watching it. We, and we um, did we have some sort of we, we knew it was gonna happen. Peter streamed it because Cedric had like tweeted like some teasy thing to watch it basically. The PC gaming show, yeah. So we yeah. knew it was gonna end up there. And obviously at that point we knew it was gonna end up on PC, didn't we? Because and that's another thing, is that's probably this particular point, mm. right? You know what yeah. I'm about to say, okay? Yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're going to say okay. in terms of the storefront. So it wasn't unusual until this point. That, that, no. That's what I'm trying to say. It was going to yeah. get shown on PC Gaming E3 and no fan questioned anything about that because we were like, yeah, okay, it's getting released on not only the PS4, but also the on PC. a PC platform. Yeah, <laughs> and the platform is the interesting point. So the media and YouTubers as well, I'm not going to name names, but if you've heard me rant before, you'll probably pick one out. They said, Wisenet's getting all the money. Uh, it's a scam. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Steam was mentioned the entire way through the Kickstarter campaign. And also later on that not everybody gets a refund, which there's a caveat <laughs> to that. So I'm going to quickly dispel one thing. Wisenet got all the money. No, that was a publisher decision to go over there. That was not a wise net decision and none of the money, as Cedric has said repeatedly, he said it in March 2020. He said it to me in December 2020. 
that that money was a publisher decision, did not go to the development of Shenmue 3. So you're telling me that Yu Suzuki didn't get all of Epic's filthy money? He got none of their filthy money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there we go. The, the next point around Steam is the biggest one, I think, around this, in my view. If you remember back to the Kickstarter campaign, in 2015, it was always listed as Windows PC. Always. So I, you, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry down the street who backed this Kickstarter for PC would have been under the assumption it was Steam. I was, openly admit it. I thought it would be going to Steam in 2015, but it wasn't concrete. And I'd say the only reason for that is because Steam was the only platform I think it was, yeah. In 2015, Epic Games wasn't a thing, right? No. As far as I'm aware. Uh, It's not going to end up on bloody Ubisoft's launcher, Uplay or whatever. It's not going to end up on... You know what I mean? So the the obvious thought in everyone's head was Steam, but the point that we're trying to make is... They didn't say Steam anywhere on the Kickstarter page. When you were backing no. the PC version of the game, you were backing a, like you say, a Windows PC version of the game. Yeah. So it was only... It was their assumption at the end yeah. of the day. Assumed, yeah. It, yeah. They they assumed it would be Steam. I assumed it would be Steam. You assumed it would be Steam. But also, bear in mind at the time as well, there was people were talking about whether it would come on like Blu-rays or DVDs for PC. I mean, I know that physical drives are dead in PC these days, so they made the right call to do a key for it. But yeah, we didn't know how it was going to get delivered. We had no idea. It was assumed. We got different mindsets really from yeah. 2015 until release in 2019. You know, in that four-year period... Uh, what I'm trying to say is, like, in 2015, perhaps it is possible in your head that Shenmue 3 is going to come on a Blu-ray disc, but then come 2019, you know, that isn't really a thing. Every Everything's a key. Yeah. You're going to get, like, a physical case with a key in for whatever game. You know, you know what I'm trying to say there? Like, there could be a different in period of time there because there's been a four-year gap. Yeah. Exactly, exactly that. And you know, it does change. I mean, now if you buy a PC game physical, it is just a key on a disc. Now, I can understand that Kickstarter backers who back the physical PC version were a little bit upset by that being just a key, an epic key. I think you know, they could have been, as a gesture of goodwill, maybe put some unique artwork on there or something like that to, to make it more you know, viable to those Kickstarter backers who did go down that route. I don't, it was I'm, a disc. Yeah, it yeah. was a disc. I've got, you know, it's in my shelf. Yeah. But the, the real kicker with this was there was a lot of media articles and a lot of YouTubers running around and saying that Steam was mentioned in the, the original Kickstarter campaign. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And I'm referencing Spags here. I'm also referencing James Hamill from the article he wrote for, for Megavisions at the time. You can actually even just go on the Kickstarter page yeah. and it doesn't say Steam anywhere. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so. If you just Wayback Machine or, or whatever, what, there's no mention yep. of it. And the, the first mention of Steam, the first mention of it was late June 2018, right? So that's when the backer surveys opened. And the Steam page for Shenmue 3 only appeared in October 2018. So, again, it w- you're looking at when people could, I think, be justifiably annoyed by it. Bearing in mind, I don't care about a launcher. It was a bloody launcher. Get over it. <laughs> well, what is it? It's, it's a three, 
three year difference then. Yeah. So, so there's a thirty day period to back a product. Yeah. Everyone's backed PC, for example, or yeah. you know, these people that are backed PC. Three years have passed and then they've been given a survey that says, Do you want it on Steam? Correct. So three years ago, they just assumed they were getting a Steam product. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there is, but in the same sentence, you could justify someone turning around and saying, Steam, I don't want it on Steam. I was back in a PC version. Well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah, no, it's a valid point. And actually, going back to this whole fury around Epic and the, and the way they are and their, their, their store and the launcher and everything, I'm old enough to remember that same issue with Steam back in the day when Steam put Half-Life and you had to have it linked to the Steam store. And I remember the, the, the shitstorm around that. And it was exactly the same with Epic. It comes... And it goes, it's cyclical, and then people accept it. And I would say, today, people have already accepted Epic now. Yeah. I don't see anyone complaining about Epic. Wow. I see games <laughs> going first on Epic. I'm, I, that might just be me. Your laugh says otherwise. Yeah. Then, but I'm seeing free games pop up. I'm lapping up all the free yeah, games. I am. I'm not, maybe, like I say again, it maybe it might be where I'm, I put my eyes on the internet. I don't see anyone kicking off about Epic for exclusivity and uh, at least to the same sort of extent yeah, that they did exactly, Lynch in Shenmue 3. Exactly that. It's nowhere near, nowhere near the extent it was around Shenmue 3. I mean, it's the timing of it is unfortunate in that Epic was the hot topic at the time. A lot of games were going over there. It was causing a bit of a stir. So Shenmue 3 got a pasting for it. But I, I just bring it back to the initial point around Steam that... You didn't know it was Steam until June 2018, possibly October 2018, but say for argument's sake, June 2018. So people who backed that on the Slacker, and I don't know what the numbers are because I haven't had a chance to go way back and add it up, but in terms of the you know, the 80,000 people end up putting money into this, or 80,000 backers, whatever you want to call them, it would have been a very small handful, very small proportion of people who could justifiably turn around and go, I was promised Steam. The rest, no, you haven't got an argument for it in my book. And because of that outcry, Wisenet turned around and offered refunds. Wow, yes, so, eventually. You know what I mean? It's, well, even, even eventually, it's still a kind gesture that I don't know, did anyone report on that particular instance in a positive light was, or was it just like a oh you know oh they've had to do it it was twisted because, i think is yeah the way twisted it, again it was twisted so and I, again i'm coming back to a common theme here the communication around this was not good because they initially came out quite solidly and said you're not getting anything hmm. now they with all due respect should have known the reaction i mean apparently yuzuki's quote is going everybody's going to be really upset by this after the announcement so if he's aware of it you'd have thought you know, the people in PR and marketing would know what the hell was going on. I wonder if Yu Suzuki was on board with the Epic deal. I mean, I know you said that Yu Suzuki didn't get any of the money. It was like all of a publisher deal. Deep Silver have <sighs> had some sort of an exchange with Epic Game Store to get exclusivity there. They see that as a benefit. Maybe Yu Suzuki gets a cut of the profits from the Epic Store. Maybe they've, they've talked to Yu Suzuki and said, look, you know, this is a great deal. 
you're going to get an exclusivity deal with Epic Games, this big gaming company. Perhaps Yusuzuki's not fully aware of it. I don't know. And then he's saying, and then they're saying, and still a year later, it's going to get released on Steam. So you're covering two platforms there. You're getting your PlayStation platform as well. You're covering three things there. You're getting three massive platforms for Shenmue 3. Deep Silver could have worded it that it sounded like amazing. Yusuzuki goes up on stage. He's announcing Shenmue 3 is coming to Epic as a thingy. Or do you think he was already against it at that point? I don't want to speak for him, but I get the the sincere impression that I think he was dead set against the epic thing. Having heard what he apparently said backstage, I think there was a concern around it and a justifiable concern in terms of the reaction that we got. So do you think in the end there was too many people with you know toes in the Shenmue 3 I mean, basket. I don't, I don't even know what the, the phrases the, I'm trying to say there, but the there's end, too many there's too many eggs yeah, all after the profit and it was split so much that in the end it kind of became a bit of a fiasco I mean, of um, at the end of the day, it, it it's a business. It is a business. From a business point of view, the publisher going to Epic made perfect sense because Epic were willing to put up a lot of money towards that towards what their you know, what their bottom line would be. So I get it. So it made their original investment safer. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. why, as a business, if someone goes, I'm going to give you a load of money to make your, yeah, essentially for nothing, to make your investment safe, why why would you turn that down as a publisher? So speaking out loud, because of that deal, Deep Silver, you could confirm that they had the biggest share in the product. I would... You know how you were saying Shibuya Productions... Um, originally at some point had the biggest share if they i don't want to speak for cedric either but if they weren't without deep silver willing to do a, a deal like this or you know that wasn't even on the cards it's only because deep silver involved but then someone's heading this decision they've got to be the biggest shareholder to make yeah. that sort of decision do you think yeah absolutely i i think it's quite safe to assume that when deep silver come in they put a substantial amount of money into into shenmue 3 and were were probably the biggest stakeholder in that when they came in. So I get, I understand, and I get the decision from a business perspective. I really mm-hmm. do. I just think that the reaction to it, I think, was predictable. The media were always going to jump yeah. on an epic thing. It was always going to be. So I don't actually blame the, the the media coverage for that point of it. I, I I have an issue with the Steam thing, major issue with the Steam thing being reported as fact, whereas. We know quite quite frankly it's not. It was June 2018. So there's that issue. And then we, we as you mentioned, refunds were put into place. So there was a lot of I would say passive aggressiveness around this in terms of the the refunds. I mean Polygon, here's the kicker though. Any and all refunds will come courtesy of Epic Games, not WiseNet or Shenmue 3's current publisher, Deep Silver. With all due respect, you're getting your refund. So what's the problem? <laughs> so do you think that was Epic's decision then? It, Epic 100% stumped up and said, right, we will we will refund. because they and, and Tim Sweeney tweeted out, I think there was a press mm-hmm. statement that went out yeah. that said he didn't want to take any money away from WiseNet's development budget and that they would fund the refunds. I do not know how many were made. I have no idea. But Epic 100% fronted the money for that. And in terms of the reporting around it, they were saying that, obviously, I'm trying to try and word my, myself carefully here, 
there was um, emails that went out, obviously, to allow people to change their game version for PS from PC to PS4. And what some media outlets were going is not everybody gets a refund because if you change you change from PC to PS4, you don't get your refund. Well, that's th- obvious. Really, that's isn't it? pretty <laughs> obvious, isn't it? Or it should be to people who have common sense, I think. And I'm pretty sure that there was some communication from WiseNet around that if you change it from PC to PS4, you're not going to get your refund because you've chosen, knowing the facts, to get a different version. Fine. And then there was also the the whole thing around it taking up to nearly three months for for the processes to, you know, for the process to happen. So some reporting on it was quite fair. Actually, IGN turned around and said, right, it's open for two weeks. There was a bit of a question mark over that, but I actually think it ended up being open longer. And they were saying, well, actually, the Kickstarter campaign is over four years old, so payment processing's changed a lot. So we can understand why it could take that long. I mean, other places were going, allegedly, it could take up to 20 business days to three months when the game is out, and you only have two weeks to do it when the fitch is flipped off, and you'll never be able to do it again. (laughs) You see the marked difference in the way that's being communicated. Oh, yeah. And so so how can you remember how long time frame? Because you, you said earlier that originally when they said they were going to get a refund, they'd only got like two weeks or something and then that it was called off. And it obviously they extended that or I mean, that, that was never a two, two week thing. It, that, the communication that came out for the Kickstarter was two weeks. That was communicated. Weeks, right. So that, that was accurate. But it stayed yep. open longer. It definitely stayed open longer because a lot of people were on the Kickstarter comments saying, oh, I've missed the boat or this didn't happen. Could I Could I get a refund? And actually, why isn't it all epic rather honoured those? I don't know. Again, I don't yeah. know how many were. But see, that's the thing, man, really. At the end of the day, when you're looking at this now, the amount of stuff that Wisenet had to do and perhaps it, it didn't look like this at the time, but... This is a generous offer, really, isn't it, at the end of the day? People have paid £60. They're still getting a game. Yeah. In fact, they even said that people that are backed on Epic are going to get a Steam code as well. Yeah, so you got two copies of the game. You got two copies of the game for your original price. And if you weren't satisfied with your Epic thing, you could get a refund. So they're covering every base there, every option. So they know they've made... Perhaps not a mistake, but they've made a, a situation where they've put themselves in a position for media to scrutinise, for people to scrutinise. I mean, I, I know at the time people were saying like Epic's full of viruses, yeah, and, and you spies know, on you, Chinese companies trying to get data and stuff like that, which ended up not being the case, kind of thing. Or as far as I'm aware, yeah, that's right. Um, a lot of that was like misinformation in itself, but. The people that viewed in those and the, and the strong opinions of that thing taking place, they were offered a refund. So, what is the problem? You can get your money back if you want. You could switch it to a PS4 version. I know you still want a Steam version. If you want a Steam version, shut up. You're going to get an Epic code and a Steam code. You don't have to use the Epic code. You can wait. And I know you've got to wait a year, but you're getting two games still. You know, these these people that complaining and getting upset over very very slim things really when you think and think about it at the end of the day to for, for, for kickstarter i mean these things that i've backed these things i backed on indiegogo i haven't seen a penny since i've not seen the product since i backed the bloody spectrum vega plus mm. handheld thing yeah five years ago or whatever 
they ran off with the money. It was a scam. I've I'm a hundred pound down. There's nothing I could do about it. This, on the other hand, you can get your money back. You can get two copies of the game. You can switch it to a PS4 game. You know, bloody hell, you spoiled the choice really on generosity, and yet still people are upset. <laughs> it's just it's it's completely crazy. This this sort of mentality a lot of people have got these it's our age i don't know what it is these days i would never have complained when i was 14 if someone you know i was upset with something and you know what i mean you take a game back in game store and they give you a refund you're not still going to be upset about that are you you you're like, oh, that's, back. you know, fair it. enough i'm getting my money back but this day and age entitlement is unreal really you know, they want, I don't know what they want. What what would people have been satisfied with in this scenario? Would they have been satisfied if they got Steam day one, they got the money back as well, they still got all the rewards, free postage, free, to, they got all the money back and the games. Would they have been satisfied well, then? It begs, I still don't think so. It begs the question, doesn't it, as to, as to how far they'd have had to have gone. Take away the issues around Epic and everything else. How far would Wise it had to have gone to, to satisfy? that need I, I, I don't think they could have i don't, I don't think, think there's a point have. i think your point is spot on and i do think there's entitlement to it i really really do um that's not to say it wasn't a cock up from from the decision that was made but at the same time the misinformation going around especially about steam where people were passing this off as fact fact and it wasn't it beggars belief it really does that somebody Again, but it comes back to clickbait, doesn't it? That they don't you don't need to do research. You go, Steam was promised, epic bad. Boom. There's your click. Yep. Whereas had they gone and looked at the original Kickstarter, they would have seen Steam was not there. Had they had a Slack uh, not Slacker, had a survey, they'd have realized it was. And then you can do the math and work things out. But that doesn't give you clicks at the end of the day. But I also think Shenmue, even these days, is is, is a glutton for punishment in the media, one way or the other. It, it, it carries weight, the Shenmue name. It really does. Whether you like it or not, it carries weight. So it, it gets clicks. Now, it's easy to get clicks through negative press than it is positive press. So they go that way. I mean, with something like the anime, which was highly positive, they you know, any negativity just got drowned out. But in this situation, it was so much easier to go that way. Whatever you think of the epic deal itself, it was just you, they were on a hiding to nothing. As soon as that happened, they were on a hiding to nothing with that deal. And and the press jumped on it, especially the, the whole Steam thing. And to this day, people even go, I was promised Steam. No, you weren't. Unless you backed from June 2018, you were not categorically promised Steam. And that's it. <laughs> That's it at the end of the day. Right, so we're going to take another short musical break. Matt, I'm going to go back to you again with your second music pick. This is your second final pick. What have you picked? Yeah, so this is Secret of a Warehouse. It is the nighttime theme in Shenmue 3. Um, you only get the first sort of 10, probably 10 In seconds. Bailey Village. Yeah, in Bailey Village and the Owl, I think, <laughs> as well. Okay, so and okay, it does... Old a little bit of substance then. Yeah, it does, but you don't often hear the extended version. The extended version is quite quite a cool track. So yeah, Secrets of a Warehouse. Let's play that now then.
Welcome back. That was Secret of a Warehouse from Shenmue 3's soundtracks. Seems they were sort of going on a, a Shenmue 3 deep dive in terms of <laughs> media outcry and stuff. And so let's move straight into point number six, Matt. Yes. Now, this one, I think, probably divides opinion and divides views. Um, it's no, nowhere near as controversial as some of the stuff that's gone around. But again, it's another bit of PR that's not good. So as we all know, Kickstarter backers, Slacker backers got specific rewards. You got the jacket, you got the phone card and some other bits and pieces and a move scroll in game. Retail copies got some other bits. They got some other moves. Um, they got the Peking Duck, Peking Power Pack or something as well. We get a load of Peking Duck and some bits and pieces. And there's also the, the collector's editions. Yes. And physical the, items yeah, as well. Yeah, you, yeah, you've picked those up and I didn't even write that down on here. So there was, as you say, there's collector's editions. So... The media here, actually, in fairness to them, weren't particularly, you know, they weren't factually incorrect, but it was the way things were worded that I think didn't help. I mean, WCCFTech.com, I'm just going to read this out. It says, well, yeah. another day, another situation where why isn't it a Shenmue 3 is a spotlight for the absolutely wrong reason? Irrespective of why isn't it getting financial support from Sony, Deep Silver, and then a cash advance from Epic's game? Wrong. They did not get a cash advance <laughs> from Epic game. You yeah. need to correct that because that is co- completely incorrect. Become an Epic score time exclusive. There's another issue that's come over the horizon. It's all the fault of WiseNet. Is it? Okay. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, in this case, back so. of the game on Kickstarter will not get pre order content that comes with the regular deluxe release of the game. Well, first and foremost, that those launch editions were made as a yeah, they were done you know, that's a deep silver decision along with WiseNet probably so you're pointing the finger completely at WiseNet when it's clearly not all their fault if their fault at all and then secondly when I backed and this is me personally when I backed this Kickstarter I backed it for the reward tier and I got the four capsules and the in-game stuff I did not care or think. I would be getting any of the pre-order content, any of the collector's content editions that may have come out, or anything in addition to what I'd backed at that time. Did you? So, Matt, what you're saying is the people that pre-ordered the game for retail didn't get any of the Kickstart rewards either. I'm exactly saying that. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me that every single person that pre-ordered the game didn't get a Shenmue 3 a character bust. I am. Why did they not pick up on that? I, I don't know. That is insane. I don't know. I that. I, like we, we're joking about it, and there is a serious point to make here in that like, yeah. you know, it could have been a nice thing for them to do. Yeah. You know, backers. Do you know what, guys? Thank you yeah. very much for being backers. We'll- so this was the only way to get, say, like the Chobuchan DLC and the Story Pack DLC and all this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So to get like a 100% version, you'd have had to have sort of bought like. Yeah, you know, the day one edition and and then the DLC. So you're buying the game a second time. Or, yeah, which, I mean, I, I I assume you can buy the DLC separately. You don't have you to can. buy the game again. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a season pass as well, which didn't come in with the Kickstarter stuff as well. But again, I when I backed the Kickstarter, I didn't assume I was getting any of that. I assumed I was getting my game at like dirt cheap. Bearing in mind with with all with with all the rewards. So I I personally. This, and this is a personal thing, I do not see the issue at all with WiseNet, Deep Silver wanting to market to a broader range of people 
to buy the game. Isn't that the point? To make money. Oh, yeah. And like you say, I, I know I was joking a little bit, but when you back the game, you clearly know what rewards you're going to get because it's detailed on Kickstarter. And the people that are buying the game in a shop, whether they got the collector's edition, physical collector's edition day one, they know what they're buying. They're buying all the items that come with that edition. They know, or you know, perhaps they might not know if they haven't looked on Kickstarter, but they're not getting those Kickstarter rewards that we got. So it's the same situation either way, whether you're a Kickstarter backer, whether you're a day one purchaser, the fact that there's some slight differences between them, different items, different rewards... Um, this comes with DLC or something that wasn't even a thing back in the Kickstarter yeah, days. Yeah. It's kind of irrelevant, really, because you back that on the assumption of these items that you're going to get, and you got those as rewards. You didn't get a prefix at the bottom of those rewards on Kickstarter that says, and any additional shit that we may end yeah. up releasing at retail. Yeah. That wasn't on the cards. No, so no, 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 exactly. This is just another situation to, again, it's positive for the series. It's like, people that may have you know because at the end of the day they're trying to get more sales for Shenmue 3 aren't they that's yeah, what exactly. they want they're trying to make as much money out of it as they can you've got sixty-three thousand backers on kickstarter or whatever it was yeah they know that those people are tied into a game they're not going to buy the game yeah. so you've got to then target to a different audience who are seeing the game that's completely finished now you know you're going to get your your day one release trailer people are going to view that and think oh you know this looks pretty cool what are my options for buying this game? And if Kickstarter was your only option, they've got no option to buy the game. So <laughs> there has to be another way of buying the game. Exactly. And along with that are extra incentives to persuade that buyer that there's some worth in me buying this game today kind of thing, rather than going back in time five years ago, which isn't possible. There's got to be something extra to convince a new potential buyer, because you've got to think the person buying it on November the 19th, 2019, or whatever the date was, isn't particularly a diehard Shemu fan. No. Maybe they are. They didn't back it on the Kickstarter. Maybe they missed it or whatever, and they, they were a diehard fan. But those diehard fans have already bought the game. Yeah. yeah. So there's a different audience they've kind of got to tailor-make and yeah, it, market a game to. Exactly. Exactly that. You, you can't just give things away. Now... It would have been cool. It would have been some good PR. I, I don't deny that in any way, shape or form. I really don't. But, I mean, how, how how entitled does this sound? I mean, this is from yeah. Destructoid. Throwing a season pass that has undefined content and is also not being given to backers, and this has really become a crappy situation. It seems that WiseNet would rather segment out Shenmue 3 than provide an easy way to get the entire experience, which is certainly reason enough to be agitated. Well, I'm sorry... Um, that that is the height of entitlement in my book. I'm not. I am not entitled as a Kickstarter backer, knowing what I was getting, to get any of the retail stuff. If I choose to buy it, and I did, because I'm a nutter at the end of the day, I'm a hardcore Shenmue fan, and I will support the franchise. It is my choice to buy that content if I want to. But from a publisher point of view, from a WiseNet point of view, from a business point of view they need to get people in to make money so having alternate versions having alternate collector's editions having alternate retailer editions that is the norm in gaming now that is what happens i am not entitled right because by, by by some people's logic if i went and bought a game asda 
I, and they give me some exclusive content, I should then be getting the exclusive content from Tesco. It doesn't work that way. No, you know what you're getting. And that is it. If you want to get X, Y, and Z, and then you obviously have to go to X, Y, and Z. Stop. I get your point there. What? What? And and on that same basis, you're not going into Tesco in 2019, picking up a game, and then in 2021 they release the ultimate version that's got all the DLC yeah. that they released. At, you know, and then turning around and saying like, "Well, why aren't I getting that for free? Because I bought the game in 2019." I should get all that DLC for free. It's the same situation with every game that's released these days. It is, and it's a situation I don't like in gaming. I'm old school like you, James. I you know pull out my Mega Drive cartridge and it's complete, warts and all. I'm getting yeah. the entire experience in in that game, and I do I do take issue with DLC. I do take issue with a lot of it. Well, a lot of the the current situation for me is games that I'm, I've bought on PS4 are getting upgrades to PS5, and I. Yeah. I it just makes my mentality like I've got an inferior version. I bought the Pixel Love Yakuza 7 on PS4 when that first came out. I, I've paid for that purchase. Nothing I can do about it. And then six months down the line, they announced the same thing, but instead inside as a PS5 case. I feel like I've got an inferior version. I, I do understand the differences in these things, but at the end of the day, you knew what you bought at the time. Mm. And if something changes along that timeline, you're not instantly entitled to it. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. Absolutely right. And 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 a flip side, I, I, Microsoft have actually in this situation been very, very good in that when you think about you get an Xbox Series X, you get all the free fr- upgrades for you, for your old games in yeah. terms of frame rates, etc. That's cool. That's really cool, right? That's brilliant. Well done, Microsoft. I take my hat off to you for doing that because that's got you so much good PR. Well done. But I'm not entitled to it. But at the same time, we're not saying we're not suggesting that, like you say, Shenmue three, WiseNet or whatever, they just said turned around and said, uh, "Don't worry, Kickstarter backers, we're going to throw in all the DLC for you as well." As a gesture for sticking with us for the last, you know, four years, that would have been amazing. That you know, yeah. we're not we're not denying that they could have done that for the good PR, like Microsoft are doing with what you you know you've just described, Matt. But that wasn't the case, and no. at the end of the day, decisions are decisions, aren't they? It's yeah. not ultimately WiseNet, or it's not ultimately Yu Suzuki saying, "No, fuck them. We don't want to give them all the DLC. Let's make them pay again." There's there's so many people with the things in the pie, fingers in the pie. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's the phrase. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. quite right. I mean, it's it's so difficult to to structure a, a, a product at that point that realistically works for everyone. Yeah, and it, at the end of the day, it has to make money. It's what it comes down to. And yes, it would have been a cool gesture. Yes, it would have been some good PR, but. People who are expecting to get this stuff, I'm sorry, but I don't know how you can expect to get the DLC when it's not mentioned anywhere on the Kickstarter or any of the other bits and pieces. I really I really don't. But then it is symptomatic of gaming today in terms of DLC and extra content, which I take issue with on a different level anyway. But because it's Shenmue, I will buy it. And it, that's the way it goes, unfortunately. And... I'm there to be milked as a Shenmue fan because I want to support the series. It's not entitlement. I also, even though the the announced DLC, I, I wasn't particularly disappointed either because we've come to expect that from games these days. You know, nearly every single game has some form of DLC 
It's just something that happens. And in a sense, being a Shemu fan, although I would like that DLC to be on a disc, which it is, that's why we're getting the complete collector's edition, which is obviously another purchase. But as a Shemu fan, that's a positive thing because I'm getting the complete edition. But what I mean is back in 2019, I only see DLC as it's kind of a good thing because it's generating an extra bit of income that we ultimately want to go towards a Shemu 4 project or whatever wise that are considering doing with income at that point. So any little extra incentive they can get to generate more income, whether it be from sales of the game, you know, extra items like we mentioned with the collector's editions, whether DLC, all these extra little bits of avenue. And that ties back to Sega as well with whatever they're releasing merchandise-wise. I don't know if Yu Suzuki's getting a cut of that. Yeah. Um, the clone. You, know, you, you don't know what these deals are, but the fact is anything that sells with Shenmue's name behind it, the anime included, it's got to be going somewhere. And hopefully that somewhere is the next game in the series so that they don't have to worry about a 15-year wait. They don't have to worry about a Kickstarter where fans need to give the life savings across to make something that they've been waiting for a reality. All these little avenues and outlets and these anything for gaining a little an extra little bit of income, like the DLC, at the time, that didn't really disappoint me or didn't really upset me because ultimately me paying an extra tenner or whatever it was at the time is an extra tenner I wanted to give to WiseNet. It's just, it's... It's the ability to do it. You, if you open up a, a donation page, for example, if, if WiseNet say, donate money, it's going to go to Shemu 4, they're already going to see a cent. If they have something relevant to give back to the person donating, in this sense, DLC, or Sword of the Seven Stars Replica Sword, yeah. like Limited Run Games are doing, people are going to buy that, yeah. and that is money that's going into a future Shemmy product. Exactly. So they've kind of got to do that sort of stuff. I don't I don't disagree with them releasing DLC because and they didn't do they didn't milk it. They didn't have like they could have milked it and have loads of costumes for Rio that you know those get stuff that you can purchase in game, you know, in game currencies. You know, if they they really wanted to milk it they would have gone down there, but at the, the end of the day, the only things that they did DLC wise to me, apart from the story DLC, perhaps, everything else felt like they'd created that since, if yeah. that makes sense, because yeah. of the different modes, different ways of playing the game. It's not stuff that felt like it had been stripped out of the game to make more money. It felt like we've got a bit of time, we've got a bit of freedom to do what we want, some fun stuff for the Shenmue fans, you know, let's release that as DLC and use that money we don't know where they are with Shenmue 4. That's the thing. They could be close to announcing it because of sales of DLC. <laughs> you, no, no, one, no one knows what the situation is in regarding WiseNet. They're going to announce something this year that is for certain because Yu Suzuki said that. So until we find out what that is, we don't know what has been fueling the income at the company there to make that thing a reality. So if it was DLC and all this sort of stuff that happened in 2019 that people are obviously kicking off about here because they didn't get all the way back in 2015, then I'm sorry, but it's it's a positive at the end of the day because it's 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 made something else out of that, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does make absolute sense. And it just goes back to the point they need to make money at the end of the day. And I just, I'm fine with it. 
I'm absolutely fine with it. Good PR aside, if they'd have done it, fine. But I'm good with it. I'm good with other games doing it. I don't sit there and look at it and go, well, I you know, I ordered my £60 version of a game, but I want all the stuff in the, in, in other subsequent versions or whatever. No, I, it's unfortunately, it's the height of entitlement these days. And it didn't help things in, in, in the grand scheme of things, but it is what it is. I don't think the majority of the community were too bothered by it. But wider, I can see how the knife was being twisted. Yeah. So on that analogy, it takes us to the final point of the sort of the podcast here and me ranting for the last however many hours. <laughs> um, is that some aspects of the media were going around and saying that Shenmue 3 is the conclusion to the Shenmue series. Um we know it's not quite frankly and there, i mean there's an article from escapist basically saying that it should have known better than end on another cliffhanger well we knew it was going to end on a cliffhanger because we've been told it's um oh, there's chapter tiles for so long yeah yeah there's a lot of chapter tiles there that haven't been gone through but in in fairness in this respect actually to the vast majority of the media and it's quite nice to end on a bit of a positive note here there's lots of articles from sort of 2016-2015 type era. And actually, there's one in the Sony blog from just around the Shenmue 3 release where Yu Suzuki talks about the future for the series and what he wants to do in terms of the story and progressing it, etc. in terms of the chapter tiles and how many of them he wants to do. Um, he said in Polygon in 2015 that he planned to do four or five games for the series if he could still do it, he'd like to, and he'd like to do 11 chapters. Great, we know that. But, but at one see, point he was touting six games, wasn't he? I he was, yeah, he was. So it's not like it's an uncommon thing for him to be wrapping up the series with Shenmue 3. You know, he'd already outspoken and said that we do need, like you just said, four or five games. And he'd personally like to take it to six games, which I don't know how realistic that is in terms of how long between releases. You mentioned that sixth game, actually. And Sega Nerds did an interview with him in, in 2016. And he was saying that actually, orig- they said originally it was due to go to Shenmue 6. Um, would you still like to do it? And he said, well, no, I don't want to go to a Shenmue 6 anymore. I'd rather rearrange things so that I can reach the end before before that point, essentially. He doesn't want to go to a Shenmue 6. Great, okay. I, un- I understand that. Interesting. I just, this wasn't, if anything with this, this was more an assumption, I think, from the wider gaming communities than the media themselves, because there's a lot mm-hmm. of media articles out there from years and years ago, 20 years ago, even to present day, that are quite well informed that Shenmue as a series isn't a trilogy. It never never was a trilogy. Well, that's the word that's been thrown around quite a lot mm. yeah. throughout these, these um, articles. And I know a lot of people were surprised that they always assume that Shenmue 3 was a trilogy, uh, the Shenmue series was a, was a trilogy, which yeah. I don't know where they had that impression from. The fact that they'd <laughs> wait 15 to 18 years just to release a finishing game is seems a bit crazy, to be, to be fair, because they've, they've done a 1-2. If they only really needed one more game, I'm sure somewhere Sega could have mustered up the money to make that a reality for the fans. Yeah. The only reason why they probably didn't is because they knew themselves there was 11 chapters and we'd only done 
five max at that point. Do you know what I mean? So they knew full well that their investment would need to cover a four, five, six, three, you know, at the time. That's perhaps why they didn't want to get involved in Shemu anymore. And it did go on the hiatus, it did. So I don't know where people got this three-game mentality from. No, it's, it's a heavy investment when you think of it in those terms, James, from from when Shenmue 2 obviously finished back in the in 2001. Um, that's a massive investment when you're thinking financially the, the original two games haven't done as well as you'd have hoped to then go, well, I've, I've then got to make another three to four games. You can see why Sega probably turned around, sort of balked at the idea. And realistically... From a player's standpoint, if they have reached the end of Shenmue 2, does anyone at the end of Shenmue 2 go in with the mindset that a story could be finished in a third game? Because I don't believe that anyone that has invested the time in the games and got to the end of Shenmue 2 where suddenly it's flipped on its head with the mystical elements and all that sort of stuff, that that could have a satisfying conclusion in the third game. Even going into the third game, and obviously knowing that these 11 chapters and all this sort of stuff, before I even knew all that stuff, I knew that there wasn't... It, it would never be possible to finish the story off in another game because the way it was going, you can tell by the end of Shenmue 2, the way it's going, there's so much more to figure out. It, it Even as a 14-year-old lad, Shenmue 2 moving into Shenmue 3, I would never have expected them to finish that story when I got to the end of Shenmue 2 in another game, even if it had released on the Dreamcast, I would have expected more than three games. So, <laughs> no, but you make a very valid point there in terms of the way the story is being told. We know Shenmue was criticized for this as well that the pace of the story, in terms of getting to the payoff, the ultimate payoff, you know, we're not that, yeah, we're still not there. But yeah, and it's the, it's the way that, that Yu Suzuki wants to tell his story, and quite frankly, I'm all for it. But I, yeah, I didn't assume at 14 that they could smash out a third game and finish it because I thought, with all this going on, there's got to be a lot out. Yeah, what's all the background to this? And so many unanswered questions from Shenmue 2 alone and Shenmue 3 in terms of obviously we know that obviously Rio doesn't have the Phoenix Mirror anymore and they're going to the Cliff Temple. And time-wise, martial arts-wise, in game time, there's no way you could defeat Landy either. Well, you no, know, people he's... expecting that fight of Shenmue 3 to go in favour of Rio. <laughs> It's, it's I, I, I don't know what mentality they're going into that fight with that suddenly, all of a sudden, he's going from Donu or whatever to, to Landy. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, you said before, even seeing that anime trailer where the end with that scene of Rio and Landy on the rooftop, just seeing that as a picture, you were saying, that feels rushed. You know, that, that fight shouldn't exist because... As a gamer, playing Shemi 1 and 2 to the conclusion, we know Rio's not ready. No, no, he's not ready. I mean, in, in game time, and this is, again, I, I don't know whether this is logic or not coming kicking in here, but mm. the game starts in November. At the end of November, Shemi 1 starts at the end of November. By the time you yep. get to the Landy fight in Shemi 3, you're May time. So you've had essentially, what, seven, eight months training Martial arts training <laughs> to to take down a master of a deadly martial art, and you haven't had who, eight who killed is... killed your father in one hit, yeah. who was already an experienced martial artist. Exactly, and bear in mind you haven't had eight months consistent solid training because you've been busy hunting sailors, driving forklifts, and playing lucky hit. So, <laughs> exactly, and knowing what we know now, following in a father's footsteps, 
if yeah. Dad at 46 can't even counter a single blow from Landy, what hope does Rio have at this stage? Exactly. So it's, there's so much around the story, as you've, you've already talked about, that hasn't been answered, that it, it really couldn't have been possible in a third game. I know, I know we're in the know. We, 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 we're hardcore fans. So I think two people external of the community, yeah. they may see things differently. I do terms. wonder where this trilogy idea came from, though. I don't know. I really don't. It must have been put around at some point in the media when when we were going through the hiatus. But I would just urge anybody who you know, who comes across the person who's talking about the Shenmue trilogy is just to say, well, actually, it's not a trilogy. It's you know eleven chapters. We're in chapter five or whatever it is, or chapter six now. There's a long way to go, and there's actually a lot of media articles out there that accurately cover that point. And in fact, we've kind of skipped a couple of chapters along the way as well. Yeah, we've, you know? lost, we've so... lost some on the way. So who knows what's going to happen in the future? But I think positively here, and I have been ranting a lot tonight or today, whenever you pick this up and listen to it, and it does it does get me the misinformation, especially when I think it's deliberate. But here, this is actually a positive that there's a lot of good media coverage high quality media coverage that covers this point very nicely and i'd urge anybody who, who's coming into the series for the first time or is unsure and thinks it was a trilogy or whatever just go and do a bit of research around it and just just see what they are what they're planning what the grand vision was and actually the thing i would suggest is go watch that gdc 2014 press oh conference. yes yes because yu outlines everything there perhaps there's some spoilers in there as well but I think if you're unsure about where we are in the Shemu saga, just go watch that GDC press conference. It's about an hour long, but Yu Suzuki goes all the way back to the roots, the old man and the peach tree prototype. He talks about the Project Berkeley stuff. He goes into his China research trip all the way back, 1993 or whatever, where he went to China to research Virtua Fighter 2. And most of that research ended up being what he incorporated into a story of Shenmue. And then he goes into the chapter stuff, which we talked about, which is where we first even saw these chapter tiles that got us all excited about the future of the series because we started making theories on what this picture represents in what could be, you know, the ongoing saga story-wise. And, you know, seeing characters pop up again in later chapters, it's like, what are they going to be doing at that, that point, who are these new characters we're seeing in these chapter tiles? So he goes through a lot of that stuff, and also how, as a development team back on the Dreamcast days, the they managed to to do some of these new techniques, these new like the the, the free genre that mm-hmm. he, he touted back then, the systems that went into the game. It's really interesting overall. I would highly recommend just search Shemu Yusuzuki GDC 2014 or something. Any variation of that will probably come up on YouTube. Yeah. Just sit down, watch that, and I think you'll be in the same mindset that me and Matt are in terms of where we know that the story is going to go, how far or how many more games are required to complete the saga, and for anyone touting a trilogy and disappointed that the, the Landy fight wasn't the, the end of the game, I think prior to Shenmue 3 even existing, people were aware that that wasn't going to be a thing. Yeah, I think you've you've put that point across really succinctly there, James. <laughs> I'll, uh, that's you. a good 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 <laughs> note to, to end my 
insane two hour rant on, I think. Yeah. And as it I takes say, put people in places where they can go dis- self discover now. <laughs> yeah. Go go on your own journey of self discovery. But being being serious and I opened open this discussion with saying this, I'm not and I and I don't want to tar everybody with the same brush because as I've said with the last point, there's some good coverage out there. And there was some really good coverage out in the media of Shenmue Three. I look at the Kickstarter, Happy Console Gamer came out really positively about it on YouTube, talking about the Kickstarter, talking about how you could back it, why you should back it, and all the rest of it as well. Um Love gonna, Johnny. Yeah. In his content brilliant. In fairness, yep. you've got the escapist and casually addicted were putting out good feelers about what the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter was about back in the day. And then again, you've got Jewel Shockers Crash Landed doing it as well. So there were plenty of people out there as well fighting Shenmue's corner. There really were Michael uh, Huber as well. With the, yeah, you know. people like Michael Huber and uh, well, back at the game trailers back in the day, wasn't it? Now Easy, yeah. Ally, Easy yeah. Allies, they were putting the good information out there, the good stuff out there, the right information. I think my biggest takeaway and my sort of my final point around this is just please be accurate. That's all it needs to be accurate and factual. And I hope that we've in our well, James's discussion and my rant um, <laughs> have have given people sort of the facts today or this evening, where you pick this up. We've given you the facts to take away and make your own calls on it. We have our opinions on it and mine are quite strong, of course, and that's probably come across. Um, but I just hope that, that going forward that we can engage in factual reporting for Shenmue and not this clickbait stuff which I think has has had a negative impact on on the franchise and actually with the anime uh, we've seen a lot of positive stuff in the media and it's all very very factual that's what we want at the end of the day just good factual stuff great stuff Matt okay so I think that's rounded off this particular episode hopefully it's been a good one I feel like we made some good points I hopefully haven't just embarrassed ourselves and uh People hate us now for you know, <laughs> making all these uh, sort of claims about certain aspects of the the media and headlines that people believe are true. And I don't know, we're, we're trying to make out that they're not true. And, you know, we we have got the, the supporting evidence that backs those claims up. So hopefully people have took something out of this particular episode. And yeah, if you ever see anyone in the future with uh, infactual agendas, put them straight. <laughs> and if you want a further reference point around the the sort of Shenmue 3 and all the media coverage and, and the bedlam around it, I would highly recommend you check out the article over on Megavision's website written by former Team U guru and owner James Hamill. He put a piece together in July 2019, um, sort of debunking a lot of the media coverage around, around Shenmue. And I've used some of this for four for some reference to the points that we've made in, in the discussion today as well. So go and sh- make sure you go and check that out. Yeah, that's cracking, cracking little interview, piece, article, whatever you want to call it, with James Hamill there. I, just, I think everyone that's been interested by this particular episode should definitely go over to Megavisions there and check out that, that article from James Hamill. It's possibly the most definitive truth beyond what we've talked about in this particular episode, if you want to just check that out reference some of that to um, naysayers i don't think you can go far wrong so we're going to end the show as we always do with a piece of music and i've selected this one this is another piece of music from the backers credits it is called title seven in the files i'm not actually sure what the exact name is it's not part of the spotify playlist of songs 
but it is one of the ones that you can listen to if you press the backers credits on the Shenmue menu there and just sit through it until it pops up. There's about 10 songs actually that play if you just leave the, the back of credits rolling. So yeah, enjoy guys, and we'll see you again on the next show in probably about six weeks' time or whatever. Or I think Matt's got a few interviews planned, so look out for them in your podcasting feeds. But yeah, on behalf of Matt and myself, take care guys, and we'll see you again on the next one. Cheers guys, thank you. Ah, oh, look at the time.